Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. you want to talk baseball i do want to talk baseball tell me where you come down on this how do you feel about a company being stingy and playing by the rules so strictly that if the ball bounces into the giant paint can in center field they don't give a million dollars that is pretty bush league (laughs) and the fact that they are denying my man justin upton his hundred uh hundred million is one million dollars we're talking about one million dollars no 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 it's worse than this because he doesn't get it oh right it's not even him it's for charity (laughs) it's donated to charity speaking about corruption uh raul mondesi (laughs) wow that was smooth transition yeah and uh that is really something that you know he is not someone that i'd thought about since he retired what 10 years ago when did he even retire uh, we're getting close to 20 years ago are I mean, we really he, he Damn. hasn't played this millennium um <laughs> yeah the former dodger um i wouldn't call him a great i mean i guess a person that showed up on sports center during our childhood sometimes roman to see uh sentenced to eight years of prison for corruption <sighs> in the dominican republic like how how badly corrupt are you that you get caught for corruption in the Dominican on Hispaniola? Yeah, that that feels aggressive. Uh, poor, poor guy. <laughs> poor guy. Poor guy. I mean, you know what you did. <laughs> I am happy to see, though, a hidden ball trick successfully pulled off. Awesome. Just fantastic. I think, what do you, you think average, what, two or so a year? No, I think we're talking about two years between. Oh, really? You tricks. think it goes that way? Hmm, I got to look that up now. I'm curious. I mean, when was the last one that you remember happening? Yeah, you're right. I guess I'd, I I guess they're so impactful in my life that I just think of them constantly. Because of Rookie of the Year? Yes. <laughs> was that the movie? Is that the movie? I forget. I the, There are like four or five of those. <laughs> um baseball movies from the 90s that i the hidden hidden ball trick does figure prominently into pop culture it does but it never happens so that that happened was pretty great i mean unfortunately against my buddy todd frazier but he let me down this year so take that hidden ball trick (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was a pretty i would encourage everybody to go watch um blue jays yankees hidden ball trick uh, Todd Frazier gets caught napping. Um, you know who was not napping in the pool? Uh, Arizona Diamondbacks just clinched. And <laughs> all over the internet was um, them going to their pool in the outfield to celebrate. That's right. I mean, they got to get their celebration in because the one one game wildcard does not really feel like a celebration. 
especially no. when you're facing the Rockies who've been breathing down your neck the whole time. Or the Brewers, who, I mean, if they get there, I mean, are the also going to be really dangerous. Both of them are dangerous. Agreed. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing about this new wildcard uh, setup. It's like, it, you know, the old wildcard team was the underdog, but now that same team has to face an even scrappier team underneath them. That's exactly right. Yeah, and so, I mean, this transitions seamlessly into talking about stretch schedules, and, you know, we're down to the last two series of the season here. And uh, I know some teams are so lucky, and some teams are so screwed. Have you seen the Angels? I they guess. have been facing they've been facing a murderer's row here I at know. the end of the season. I know. Gotta gotta feel bad for the Angels. Um is that why you included this picture? Because you wanted to talk about the Angels? Uh no. Well I so I have included a picture here because I just think it's hysterically funny. This is a picture of I believe that's Carlos Correa. Mm-hmm. And then you've got and then you've got Albert Pujols, and then you've got Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve is a foot shorter than the other two guys. I know. I mean, I literally, literally a foot shorter. <laughs> if this, <laughs> yeah, if this is a premonition of where we're what we're about to talk about, but I do think it's funny. Jose Altuve is just—he is such a small guy. He is a small guy, but he's uh, he packs a wall up in fantasy. How do you get twenty-five home runs? I I do not know. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Today on the pod, we're going to try something a little bit different in terms of how we communicate with each other. We are going to announce our regular season records. That is to say, we are going to crown the fantasy MVPs and the fantasy Cy Youngs. One each. First half, and, first half is going to be batters. Second half is going to be pitchers. And we're just going to have a little shoot-around discussion. So we'll see how this goes. It'll be the end of the regular baseball season. By the time we talk again, as you know, we'll be on a lull. Nobody should play unless there's a three-way tie in the NL next Monday. On a lull, a LOL. Oh, yes, indeed. Thank you. (laughs) And, of course, most fantasy leagues have wrapped up unless there's some sort of bizarro game that you're playing. So we thought it might be fun to do some quick-hitting awards, and these may turn out to be humorous especially if depending upon how the postseason goes first up oh yeah mvp in this half i'm just gonna name mine first and then i'll let you name yours and then we'll get into the defenses here for me this came down to two players and i'd love to say that i went off the wall but i just feel that there aren't that many realistic options in fact i squeezed pretty hard to get down to two guys on my team to make to round out the top 10 list here, D Gordon and Joey Votto would be the top two candidates off of my fantasy team. In the end though, it did not come down to either one of those two came down to these two, Giancarlo Stanton and Paul Goldschmidt. But on the basis of consistency, I choose Paul Goldschmidt. Wow. Interesting. Interesting here. So you are not taking into account where they were drafted or what the preseason outlook was. See, that's interesting. Um, I thought about that, and I decided, no, I wanted pure fantasy impact. Wow. Okay, so interesting. Paul Goldschmidt, um, a very decent choice. <laughs> the wrong one. Um, I, I narr- It's funny. I narrowed it down to four players, okay. and I had a hard time deciding between them. 
two of them are probably the obvious ones based on my comments about the uh, draft picks, which is Aaron Judge and Cody Bellinger have to be in this discussion. But then the other two are interesting because they're both infield eligible guys who um, kind of were underdrafted for what they ended up producing. Elvis Andrus mm. and Jose Ramirez. Oh, well, all of those guys made it onto my long short list. So I'm curious to know where you ultimately decided to go. You've sort of teased that you think about position eligibility now, too. So I had to choose between Aaron Judge and Elvis Andrus in the end. And I went with Elvis Andrus. Really? Oh, I man. would. Uh, yes. And that's only okay. because of the five tool effect that he had. Mm-hmm. Elvis Andrus had 617 at bats and is almost at a 300 batting average. I know. I, I looked at it. Yeah. When, when I, I'll talk a little bit about the metric that I use to evaluate these guys and, and those guys all got highlighted. Um, I would just say briefly say that Aaron Judge and Cody Bellinger to me are if there was such a thing as fantasy rookie of the year, they're absolutely those, the guys that came out of nowhere. And yeah, absolutely. You know, cause you, cause it can't even be, it's not even that they're rookie eligible. It's that they weren't on anyone's radar before this year as being fantasy nope, impactful. No. And so there is a huge amount of value there. Um, the thing that discounted Aaron judge for me, and this also motivates my choice of Paul Goldschmidt is the consistency over the course of the whole season. I disliked Aaron Judge's incredible cold spell. Yes, yeah, no, and that was why I ultimately picked Elvis Andres mm-hmm. because Elvis had a couple of cold stretches along the way, but I don't think that they were ever during an impactful part of the fantasy season. Mm-hmm. Like Elvis, And Aaron Judge probably lost a lot of people the first week of their playoff match. Right. I mean, because his cold streak was (laughs) his cold streak was like weeks. What? Like 19 through 21 was like when it was no, not even 19. We're probably talking like 16. I would say I was going to say 16, 17 when he was just, he was just frigid, just ice cold in that stretch and that that to me is just a lot and i have to you know i have to i have to give credit where credit is due i used growth charts Mm -hmm. (laughs) in this analysis to see sort of when the stats were accumulated because there's somebody else that i think belongs in this conversation that neither of us brought neither of us brought up yet which is jose altuve jose altuve i know if 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 we were it's interesting that you went with i I would typically think that you would have done the cost benefit analysis and i would have done more of the like (laughs) consistency talk yeah and in that case i mean i i totally respect that pick of goldschmidt actually quite frankly because he is just plain good and um always good and always consistent Mm -hmm. just jose altuve i think is the clear number (laughs) clear second option there i would say he's one b to goldschmidt's one a if we're talking just pure production yeah on the consistency side on the five tool consistency which is what i was which is what i was looking at it was yeah you know it's goldschmidt and altuve the this the giancarlo stanton thing is just because 
his home run total is so otherworldly and that counts for so much in our in fantasy matchups when i did the other technique that i used besides the growth charts is i did of course my favorite monte carlo simulations of given weeks oh boy so i took you know the whole time sequence of the year and asked over any random six game period what the stats that they accumulated were and basically over any six game period Giancarlo stanton is worth an entire home run more than anyone else (laughs) yeah he was he had the kind of numbers that you see from stolen base experts (laughs) you know before home runs which is insane no that oh wow that's a that's a really good way to say that um the the reason that I can't pick him is you know his his average is just a little too low. It's it is a little too low. It's it's not going to actually be able to help you. But yeah, so you're saying so your fantasy MVP is Paul Goldschmidt. Well, you know I I I do respect that. The thing and that's what I was we were talking about it before the year and you discounted Goldschmidt. I did. If I recall, no, I I totally did. He's not sexy. I think that's part of it. He's really not sexy no you you went with literal sense (laughs) i mean it's not it either but you know the more i thought about it as i was thinking about this the more i thought oh i could actually build a you know legitimate five tool team around him the i feel like with with other guys you've already sort of started a bend in one direction you've already decided like i'm gonna really try and prioritize one category with Goldschmidt, you're like, okay, I'm just going to put down this pedestal of all five categories right now and just build on top of that. Yeah, no, it's a it's a really good base. The other guy that's kind of like that, though, would you? why did you ultimately decide to discount Jose Ramirez? Um, Jose Ramirez? I just didn't feel like he, he did enough in any one category to mm. really move the needles. Interesting. Which is like, he's the kind of team, he's the kind of guy that's like really great when you have the tools around him but like not gonna win you anything by himself why don't you feel the same way about andrews because he's because we did our analysis on the shortstop position the shortstop position was terrible also to be perfectly honest i had justin upton ranked a tick above elvis andrews (laughs) oof yeah justin upton is looking pretty good he but there again, not quite enough of any one thing to really meaningfully move the needles. So I'm I'm still then I'm then all that statements, these are still really making me struggle with the Ellis Andrews thing. Like that's how I that's how I feel about Andrews. Okay, but I with Upton, I'm saying that because we're talking about the outfield eligibility. We're talking about so Elvis Andrews, these are the things that I like that I mean that I'm talking about as like giving us a little bit of an ooh quality. <laughs> so the 617 at bats that's is yeah. as we were talking about that led to 183 hits. Yeah. That is 34 more than Justin Upton has right now. He's got twice the number of stolen bases. He's got 15 fewer home runs, but coming from the shortstop position that's still looking at his growth chart still well above you know the 80th percentile i guess i don't know it's just i guess you're also you're also going to spend less to get him 
Oh, and that's and that's the biggest part of it is he was his ADP was one fifty three, whereas even Upton was seventy seven. So you really did consider the cost. I I weighed it heavily. I was I was really looking for the guys that you know you paid for but produced. I was thinking about the guys that you actually and ultimately built your team around and and paid off in that respect. Yeah, no, I understand it. The guy in our league who owns Paul Goldschmidt did did shit with him this year, but yeah, he <laughs> hasn't been able to do much with him. <laughs> that's that's pretty sad. I haven't been able to do much with Jose Altuve though. So what are you talking about? Didn't other than one one final your run. deep playoff run was fueled by Jose Altuve. <laughs> <laughs> that that is true. <laughs> We made a pact to not talk about football during the actual recorded pod, but that doesn't mean I can't sneak in a little bit of Vikings talk in an outtake. The only thing that we don't have to discuss in here is uh, how I have to be all in on Case Keenum now. Yeah, that's really tough. Sam Bradford is almost certainly out for four or six games. (laughs) Yeah, I love how they're like trying to play it like it's game to game, but it is not. They have to play it game to game so there's not just a revolt over how much they gave up to get Mr. Glassbones. What a doozy of a year at pitching. It seemed like everyone had pitching all figured out in the preseason, identifying aces that should be grabbed early, but that all went to crap, didn't it? It really so did. we are going to talk about the fantasy Cy Young and Mike, I should I throw a curveball at you? <laughs> oh, I you know after the MVP discussion, I have I have I can honestly say that I have no idea where you're going to go with this. <sighs> I don't know. I I have two options right now, and I'm trying to decide if I want to do the. Uh, the one in sticking with my MVP discussion, or go with the, or, or go with the screwball guy. Mm-hmm. Which one should I do, Mike? I think I think mine is down the straight and narrow. So you you can go as screwy as you want. I had it down. I had the um, the conversation down to two pitchers. Mm-hmm. Consider again considering the draft position of these players. What it costs you to get them. Luis Severino mm. and Zach Grinky. I basically <laughs> had to beg you to draft uh, when he came around. I bet you went with Severino. You think I went with Severino? Yeah. Wrong. I went with Craig Crimbo. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's it's this is great because I was gonna ask you if we had to have a discussion about closers or relievers in general, and you, you beat me to it. All right. All right. Uh, let me give you mine, and then and then we'll let you kick your defense off. I wish that I could have say that I embraced my contrarian leanings, but I am I'm going with the number one guy on the ESPN Player Raider, and I will try and back this up. My fantasy Cy Young is Corey Kluber. Okay, yeah, no, he's he is the obvious guy. I I well I will say that I actually wrestled quite a bit between. Kluber and Sale, just because Sale is twenty percent higher than anyone else in strikeouts, <laughs> which is which is unreal. Yeah, no, I mean that's very helpful. But he is erratic. I mean, I, I, yep. w- we watched him. We watched him. Yep. Against those stupid Tampa Bay Rays, could not put them away. 
Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you, you already answered, you know, you said it for me about why I picked him, but I want to hear why you picked Kimbrell in the end. He's appeared in 65 games. I have his numbers right here because I had him on my list too. 65 games, uh, 122 strikeouts in 64 innings pitched. 122 strikeouts from a reliever. Yeah. That is balls out crazy, is it not? I I mean, yeah. Like other top pitchers on this list, Gio Gonzalez and Steven Strasburg haven't cracked 200 strikeouts yet <laughs> and the fact that Kimbrel did it in Kimbrel is breathing down their necks with a third of the innings is just bonkers i know and 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 getting you saves and getting you a handful of wins i mean this is this is part of the conversation that you have about like uh, about hitters five tool players you know Juan Carlos Stanton is not a five tool player because he can't steal bases Whereas, like, mm-hmm. Craig Kimbrell is sort of like, I don't know, what you had when you had Jose Reyes in his first couple of years, you know? Yeah. Like, he's dominant in saves and then also able to contribute in wins in that same way that some of those speedy guys can be, can get you just enough home runs to be competitive still. He, I, no, I think Craig Kimbrell, especially where you drafted him, because remember, everybody thought that he was done coming into this season, I think that he was extremely valuable. I see. So, I mean, for me, part of it came down to the fact that there just wasn't quite enough daylight between Kimbrel and Jansen. Understandable, but in if you look at the differences in ADP, it's there's there's the daylight right there. Yeah, so your your argument for the ADP stance, which I just fundamentally decided that I wasn't going to consider when I was putting this together makes brings a lot of that into into relief. I mean, Jansen's got 105 strikeouts as of as of this recording. So he's within spitting distance of Kimbrel. Yep. Kimbrel has yet to blow up in any sense though. <laughs> so Right, right. I mean, his whip has not been great, but his just the, the strikeouts make it worthwhile. Yeah. It's the thing that you can say about any relief pitcher is that they're negatives on the ERA and whip side, what do they matter? Because the upside of their K's wins and their saves especially is so huge. Mm-hmm. But yeah, before the season, um Kimbrel was being it's suggested to be drafted around one ten <laughs> and ended up was somewhere around like player ninety. Whereas where is yeah, where's Kenley Jansen? I can spell Kenley. Um, he was he was supposed to be drafted. Experts say draft him at around seventy. He's being drafted at fifty. Hmm. What about Kluber with slight injury concerns? Where did he end up drafting in ADP? And you know that if Kluber had been probably two rounds back, I would have considered him. Yeah. Uh, because he's far and away, I think, the most impactful pitcher this year for a for a any team across the board and stats yeah. across the yeah. season and you forget that he was he had a 20-day dl stint i know where like if you had if you just picked up two starts from someone else your k total it could have been eh, it probably couldn't have been higher than, than chris sales but still 
there's three guys or he's three starts behind most of the other guys on this list. The other obvious candidates being that are down at his number being Clayton Kershaw and Steven Strasburg, but neither of them was able to reach the lofty K totals. No, no, not not even close. The, yeah, so Kluber yeah. was ADP number twenty-two. You know what sale wow. was? What twenty? <laughs> <laughs> so they basically drafted in the same spot. So the reason that I picked Kluber though is because I just picked this ad hoc metric just to put my numbers game on this. What in what I called is the the can't hurt zone where no matter yep. what you're targeting exactly. wins ERA WHIP. The number of outings that Corey Kluber has in this zone is just head and shoulders above. So I define this zone as an outing with at least six innings where they let up two or fewer earned runs and five or fewer walks plus hits. So it's one where just like it cannot hurt your totals. And Corey Kluber, 50% of his outings fell in that zone. 50%. So that means 50% of his hit the can't hurt any of those yes so, so some of them hit like one that's right so 50 percent, 50 percent of the time though nothing else hurt the next highest guy is at 33 percent in that is that kershaw it's kershaw yeah <laughs> so <laughs> then i mean just his reliability you know we we had talked early on this year about draft strategy and how we think about pitchers in terms of the fraction of times that they blow up yeah as a possible metric and kluber just blows that out of the water you know you never have to worry about starting him yeah exactly and 50 percent of the time he's actively going to really help you i also want to you know i also want to caveat all this in terms we're talking about these absolute strikeout totals and earlier in the season or before Mm -hmm. the season we had talked about 200 as sort of this insanely lofty goal but the number of guys who are going to get 200 Ks this year is really high. We might have to, I, next year, we I may know. have to rethink our benchmark about what we consider to be elite strikeout guys. Yeah. So we have, how many guys did we say last year? There were like, there's, there's 11. We're only at 15. It's not that many more. Uh, two more starts for some of those guys. Okay. I mean, yeah, some of them, maybe. That's still within a reasonable range. I, I think last year was a bit of a down year. But the high the high end is is pretty high. I mean, you got you got three guys above two fifty, no sweat. I know. That's what's it's the average is so up. And then we have Clayton Kershaw just sitting there. Yeah. You know, with a couple fewer games. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, if you know, Severino Robbie Ray is comfortably up there. <laughs> like I know I he hasn't we... pitched in weeks. I guess we really have to believe that Robbie Ray can just whiff guys. Oh, look at Jeff Smarja getting over two hundred at yep. the end of this. I know this. The list. The list is interesting this year. All right, you about ready to wrap this sucker up? Yes. Let's talk about BoJack four point five and four point six. I love personally. Quick trend here. Uh, more more fake names. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Carla Mercedes Benz Brown. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. And Darnarius McQuimberton or Darquimberterius McNarrington. That is a, is a hard one to put together. I really liked Carla Mercedes Benz Brown. <laughs> the lady always um, in like Starbucks will give a fake name. Mm. And the problem, she blames me for this. The problem lately is that I'll just say say her name. And she, (laughs) 
she's like, well, I can't think of it fast enough because her go-to was always Erica. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so now I'm going to tell her to just go with Carla. Oh yeah. Carla Mercedes. Carla, what's the last name? Uh, Mercedes Benz Brown. Carla Mercedes. That sounds like a very Hispanic name. I don't know why. (laughs) I just picture it that. Because Mercedes Benz is such a, such a Hispanic company. No, no. Like just, no, just (laughs) Carla Mercedes. Okay, fair enough. I'll accept that. Uh, but I did, I did like the Todd's fake name scheme. Yeah, very <laughs> McNarrington. <laughs> uh, but one of my favorite pieces of the episodes: thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, yeah. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, yeah. Thoughts yeah, and yeah. prayers. You know, yeah, a yeah. horrible tragedy. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> but if we could take advantage of it somehow. Uh, you can just you can you can just imagine so many executive boardrooms are filled with that exact conversation. All right. Well, that brings us to the review session. This is a bit of an either or white sauce mm. versus red. Michael, how do you feel about how how do you feel about the two this this simmering battle? <laughs> I I guess oh, that was a good pun. <laughs> That's a good pun. I uh. This is an interesting one. You know, for whatever reason, white sauces did not cross my palate for a great many years, which seems bizarre because I would have thought that the Midwest would be all about just any sort of sauce that's just dairy products straight up. (laughs) Yeah, let's not let's not get in the vegetable or fruit involved here however you want to classify somehow somehow i don't know my parents influence or something it took me a great many years and consequently i've been really slow to warm up to white sauces i i will on occasion i know we're gonna differ here i will on occasion go for a white sauce but it's more of like an academic like oh yeah that is what white sauces are like than a i actually enjoy this Mm. i too I had this. I I had the same experience, and every once in a while, there would be like that a a sister or two that were in an anti tomato phase, and we'd go through <laughs> like the Alfredo, you know, sauce. It was terrible. I mean, it, and I think that's the big thing is like tomato sauce. You get a Prego or Barillo can of tomato sauce, put that on pasta, like it tastes good. Yeah put some sort of meat product product in there it's gonna taste good but like white sauces often taste very bad especially if they're done lazily but i've recently i asked this because recently i've been doing some more italian sauces and there are a lot more and varied white sauces and i'm starting to come around to them wait so tell me tell me what the varied white sauces are like the base is always cream Typically cream, yeah. But okay. I mean, it's always like it's cream or cheese, mm. yeah. Hmm. What what's what's varying in these? No, the varied is what they end up tasting like. Like I've been doing this lemon pasta. Oh. I've been doing two these two lemon pastas. One oh has ham. Okay. One just has booze, and I mean, you gotta you gotta add some flavor in there somehow. Sure, sure, sure. And extra calories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, free calories. Good, good call. Just to add some grappa in there. Just thousands of oh, calories grappa. yeah there you go 
very but they're very good but they're just you know it has to be more delicate than you know some of these red sauces can just like you know sop up flavor mm-hmm. throw it back in your face no it's so white sauces i i think it sounds like we just need you to try a couple of good ones here that you know i i think that actually may be the conclusion that we're coming to is that i i'm just just a sheltered individual just haven't had any of uh of the good white sauces but you do, do you not make a lot of pasta i think that's something that we talked about about 10 years ago <laughs> i also don't make a lot of pasta in general yeah yeah see that was we had a lot of pasta growing up really and i like hmm. pasta yeah no. that was it was just not a, not a go-to for us it was just grains yeah rice grains. wild rice yeah hit, hit up that Potatoes. wild rice oh for sure a lot of burgers a lot of bread everything on bread even fancy everything dinners. on bread that was your yeah that was your carb yeah meal. absolutely all right well i think that that about wraps it up mike is gonna have to taste a couple of white sauces here and mm-hmm. and uh expand his palate time for a little housekeeping be sure to subscribe to us on itunes and follow us on twitter fantasy tools mind the z Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too.